Hello and welcome to 90s Lessons from the Frontline podcast series. If you're not familiar with 90, um, we are specialists in insurance innovation, helping clients take new insurance ideas to market in 60 days and helping to build best practice innovation capabilities for insurers within 12 months. We're proud that the industry recently voted us Consultancy of the Year and we get to work with insurers like Allianz, AXA, Travellers, Aetna and Swiss Re across the US, the UK and Europe. We're focused specifically on insurance, but we work across all lines and classes, including retail, commercial, SME and so on. We've also spent time recently to develop our idea pulse view of innovations across the sector and the themes that support those. And what we're looking to do in this podcast series is let you hear from some of our insurance innovation experts and to ask them to share their experiences at the front line of insurance innovation projects through 90. My name's Tom Hardcastle and I'm a partner here at 90 overseeing the relationships that we have with our clients. And today I'd like to introduce Gregoire uh, as our guest for this particular uh, podcast and for Gregoire to explain his role at 90 and then we'll go into the specific theme of today. Gregoire. Yeah, thank you, Tom. So Grégoire de Montaigu, client partner for uh, Europe uh, for 90 Consulting. And so I, I basically focus on, on continental Europe uh, engagements with uh, clients with regards to innovation. Super, thank you for that. And in terms of today's particular podcast, we're wanting to focus in on Europe and look at some of the interesting insurtech trends that are taking place uh, across the continent at the current time. And um, Gregoire, given your experience in the European market and in insurance and your involvement in insurtech, can you give us a sense of some of the trends and themes that you're saying through, through your work in this sector? Yeah, sure. So delighted to be here again, uh, Tom. Um, obviously, what we'll try and set aside is the unfortunate uh, sanitary crisis that's happening. We'll focus really on the macro trends. And I think what we can focus on is clearly three things. I think um, 2020 has really seen uh, um, the rise of a second wave to ensure tech a clear maturity level uh, which we've not seen before in terms of seniority of the team, in terms of value proposition, in terms of uh, full stack insurance or vertical propositions. And what's true to this momentum is um, the uh, level witnessed in terms of VC funding. So our friends at Astoria um, calculated an 800 million euro investment uh, achieved in Europe in 2019, which is definitely a, a traction that we've not witnessed before. Uh, it's nowhere near uh, FinTech, obviously, but it's definitely catching up and with a pace that we don't see going away. Uh, a second clear element is uh, definitely across all business lines and across all of the uh, uh, value chain of insurance. This has been also picked up by the Idea Pulse report that I, I'd really recommend anyone having a, a look at, uh, particularly in terms of the, uh, uh, the, the intensity mapping relative to each of the uh, business lines and, and the areas. And the particular area that's been uh, uh, very active is commercial lines. So um, 
90s involvement, for instance, with AXA Excel in, in this uh, co-innovation fund called Cube. Um, uh, Zurich, Swiss Re, Beasley, Allianz, all of them uh, having very, very uh, uh, strong ambitions relative to how can InsurTech transform, um, I would say, commercial insurance. And then a, a third key um, uh, trend is really the morphing and the reconfiguration of, of how people work together. So clearly, before you could ask uh, and you can say incubators on one side, accelerators on the other, uh, partnerships being formed with these uh, with these insure techs, uh, everyone's talking to everyone, but are the conversations really landing? And now we're seeing, um, I would say, blended teams of three dimensions, really one uh, market value proposition coming actually from industry experts themselves. Insure techs mostly focusing on uh, customer experience uh, or distributor experience or uh, client experience. And, um, uh, a stronger engagement of the financial community itself, and so having those three hats in 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 the same uh, in the same uh, team, uh, so that uh, momentum is is kept. As we all know, InsurTech is very slow; it needs very strong commitments over a very long period of time. But now that we're definitely seeing those level of commitments being uh, being achieved. Thank you, Gregoire. Really great summary and introduction to the the landscape that you're seeing there and get a real sense of the maturing that's going on in this space you you touched on some of the um examples briefly there in terms of around collaboration and partnerships are there any particular examples you would point at that you see are working particularly well where startups insurers are are coming together to create meaningful results I think it's very difficult and it's a question that's always has been asked in terms of what is really working and having significant impact. Well, the, the levels of, of um, I would say, um, commitments that we're seeing is, for instance, when you see Allianzex investing, uh, I believe it was 150 million euros for N26 for clearly what is a new type of bank insurance deal and uh, is that working? Uh, we there are no official figures to to uh, to rely on, but these these are the level of commitments uh, that we're that we're seeing. I think um, other areas where uh, we um, we see uh, I think a, a reconfiguration of of, um, of partnerships is uh, uh, actually involving clients, and so. Uh, okay, it's a bit of publicity, but it's very interesting what we see with uh, AXA Excel and this co-innovation, uh, um, I would say, structure powered by innovation specialists such as 90 to bring a client to the table with emerging risks so that uh, um, the, the, the commercial and the, and the risk and underwriting teams of AXA Excel could actually price it. And again, this is emerging. Is it having the impact that everybody wants? Probably not in the short term, but we always tend to underestimate the short term and, and sorry, overestimate the short term and underestimate the long term. And so clearly those types of initiatives will definitely unfold. Thank you. That's really um, useful. And in terms of some of where the opportunities might lie, you've mentioned 90s um, 
idea pulse um, giving a sense of where insurers are innovating. Um, are there some themes either within that or also some unexplored opportunities or areas where you think insurers could be doing more? Are there some you know, hot markets or hot areas to go at where opportunity lies and potentially is untapped at the moment? 90 highlighted that there were, uh, at least uh, from their point of view, roughly uh, more than 20 untapped opportunities. But the key one I, I'd, I'd like to highlight is the greenfield MGA type, where um, from the ground up, uh, you have um, organizations, I don't know, you have a, a Zigo, a Cover, um, those types of initiatives that, again, from right from the underwriting, pricing sophistication, distribution, even claims management, uh, coming from the ground up with a pure digital backbone, uh, with the fluidity of data, with uh, customer experience design uh, at, at hand, um, the test and learn type of approach, everything that an insurer dreams of in terms of reactivity um, is, is there, that's one, and two, clearly from an underwriting perspective, also having the ability to test and learn products. Um, I think uh, the, the champion of this is obviously Zongan in, in a particular dimension on, on pocket products from, from China. But um, where, what we're seeing uh, being done really cleverly is this ability to play with options and guarantees and inclusiveness uh, within those guarantees of particular services or, or covers that actually, rather than do market research, will actually use the market to research vertical propositions. And, um, and more and more, I think, we'll be, we'll be seeing emerging uh, very vertical offerings with very uh, clear uh, boundaries of emerging risks that then will be pulled through uh, the reinsurance system. Uh, and I think that will be very interesting to witness and watch. Super, thank you for that. So we look forward to um, seeing those tips manifest and, and come through over time. Um, and, and finally, Gregoire, you, you touched um, earlier on different ways that parties are being brought together um, to innovate and take things forward. And incubators, have been talked about um, previously as, as a very common way of doing this. Um, but we've also heard about excubators. Could you share some more on, on that as an approach and whether this is something that will start to play more into the market? I think one of the conclusions of this first wave is clearly, again, it's difficult um, it's difficult to generate those ideas in-house and particularly execute them. I think the, the common industry standard is to say that uh, you've probably got 14 steering committees even before you've, uh, you've uh, started the, the, the legal structure. And uh, for every new policy that you sell, there is again a new steering committee. So the, the point of all of this is to recognize that there are very valid ideas that may come from within, but from an execution standpoint, at least at the beginning, let's try, uh, trust third parties to do so. So clearly the excubation model is not really answering the long term and is it uh, 
tied to the existing brand and the existing business or not, but at least to live, to make the idea live and fly, clearly asking third parties, specialists that actually blend in almost entrepreneur in residence type of, uh, of uh, execution mode. Uh, they're next to the uh, next to the headquarters or next to the business in another location with another set of uh, teams uh, hitting maybe even the same clients but clearly within the first three years completely outside of the business to get the initial traction and to get the necessary uh, reactivity of test and learn and if it fails then so be it what do we learn but again, I think uh, what we'll see is those incubators and accelerators and corporate uh, ventures really morphing into uh, an execution mode, uh, even uh, startup studios. I think AXA provides a good example with Kamet. Um, now, I'm not saying it's unsuccessful or successful. I'm just saying it's a way to execute ideas coming from insurance, but completely outside. Great, thank you, Gregoire, really useful. So in terms of some themes then that we've heard through today's conversation, we've seen that there are these um, stronger waves of insurtechs that are coming through uh, and a greater maturity level um, supporting those, um, that we do need to find stronger ways of working and discipline to drive that delivery and a flexible approach to teams as you were just suggesting there, Gregoire, in terms of bringing structures that work and can be freeing in order to uh, bring capital and appropriate governance together to see ideas flourish. Clearly from a 90 perspective, we are able to support, facilitate and, and bring together these groups uh, and we develop out both delivery mechanisms and training and capability mechanisms to support them. For more innovation content, tools and events, please do visit the 90 website at 90.com or get in touch with us at marketing at 90.com. Thank you very much, Gregoire, for your insights today. Really valuable. Thank you, Tom. And thank you all for joining us today on the latest of the series of Lessons from the Frontline from here at 90. Thank you. <laughs>